gentlemen, welcome to Casting the Spotlight, episode number 96. Special, special episode. It is, and we've kept it for ourselves. It's a solo, maybe the biggest solo of all time. (laughs) One of the grandest episodes we've ever put on here. I mean, and not only like... I mean, did our first, what, nine episodes start as solos, but we've put in a lot since then, too. Yeah. I mean, we're into the 40s, at least now, with, uh, with solo episodes, so they've got a fair share, you know, nearly 50% of our episodes, so yeah. they've kept, you know, the reason we're closing in on this 100 mark on this on these late 90s episodes is because we've put forth the effort in just our, whether or not we have five guests lined up in a row or not, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Still almost, that is kind of wild to look at that streak. Like, yeah, we started with nine solos, but we've went on streaks since then with four or five guests in a row, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've done a few solos together recently. We just had Jake last time that was a guest, but we're still almost half and half with guests and solo episodes. It's pretty yeah. close still, which is, which is good. We saved it for the 96 boys, you know? Yep, I think it had to line up because that uh, that stays true if we just take 96 for ourselves. Otherwise, we'd have to have a guest in here that was born the same year. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it'd be about them, so we might as well make it us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we could take a fair share of the credit. But Well, during these mid-90s, we've had, I mean, this is a third one just even during this little you know yeah. spot. Because we had like five guests on and... We're like, well, let's get back to some of this stuff, and we can talk about the fallout of, you know, everything since, like, WrestleMania, and talk about, like, the movies coming up, and obviously there's always a lot of summer blockbusters and stuff, and different stuff going on, so everybody's going crazy. It's the, close to the opening weekend of Barbie and Oppenheimer, so mm-hmm. everybody's, bar. have you seen that, the Barbenheimer, like, memes going, where people are like, because it's like a big opening weekend. Uh-huh. There's another one later on. I forget. It's like a biopic in like Wonka. Oh yeah, it's Napoleon. Like Wonka and Napoleon later on this year are gonna open on the same weekend, and that's gonna be like another one of those. Is things. that like December, maybe? I think so. Like early December, I want to say. So it's kind of like they have like a like a serious historical drama. And, like, kind of like an out-there, fantasy-established character, like, wild flick, opening, like, the same times. I mean, that's kind of cool, though, because you got something to appeal to both audiences, mm-hmm. you know? Which is, like, what Oppenheimer and Barbie, like, are. It's like, and a lot of people said they're going to see both. Yeah, so. and, and there is a lot of those, too. I mean, that's... I've seen, like, some people saying on, like, social media and stuff, they're like, oh... Catch me going to Barbie and then walking to Oppenheimer right after or something like. Oppenheimer's three hours. Yeah, I still want to see it though. It'll probably be good. I. It's getting a lot of talk. It's getting a lot more talk almost than I thought it would. Like because it wasn't one of those movies that like months and months out ago that people were like. Talking, oh, you know, Oppenheimer, like, there was a little bit of buzz about there it. Are, I think Kyle mentioned that'll see, it. Like, there's people that'll, that'll see all the Christopher Nolan films, you know. Yeah. 
But it, now that it's like close, it's like a big fucking deal. Mm. That and Barbie seem like they're like gonna be huge. It's been a huge. See who wins out. That's gonna be a, interesting. It's been a huge <laughs> year of movies, honestly. Yeah. Um. I guess we saw Indiana Jones. What like a few? Well, a little before Jake's episode. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of cool that they played with, you know, time and different stuff. I won't mm-hmm. give anything away, but, like, that was kind of a neat aspect to that. I feel like every movie nowadays, though, want to play with time and multiple realities. Everybody wants and, to like, keep shit like upping that. the ante. And I guess everybody was, like, kind of has landed on time travel now. Yeah. Either time travel or jumping to an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the main stays, it seems like. Which, you know, could eventually be truth. That's because all the shit that used to be, like, sci-fi fantasy film in, like, the 80s and 90s, 70s, like, all that shit, it's, like, becoming reality now, you know? Like, it was all like, oh, you know, robots, they're gonna, they're running shit, they're doing shit, they're take, then they're gonna take over the world, and then it was, like, aliens, and now they're like, oh, there's UFOs, and everybody pretty much is like, yeah, there's probably aliens. And now we got AI, like, and everything and shit, so it's like, now they gotta move on from robots and aliens to time travel and alternate realities. Because that's the thing that we still can't grasp. (laughs) And I think it's also them taking over the world in, like, a way that maybe we didn't expect. Like, we think, you know, three-dimensional people are, are, like, figures... Are gonna tying march us in. all in a knot, or you know, put, you know, arresting all of us and fucking just oh, you guys are gonna just do marching in with laser guns. Yeah, and it's it's them. really like they're just going the world we've built. They're going to make. They're just going to dispose of a, the and I hate to say it, but uh, a lot of the use for things like we were talking about with um, Adam, I guess, some time ago and everything. You know, with the AIs taking over, so like it'll be different than it was. Like, cause it won't be, it won't be robots like in that sense, but it'll. Not yet. They'll, they'll put a lot of people out of jobs and shit, too. Who's to say that one day robots, though, don't get fucking... They're already smart as fuck. Would they need to take physical form, though? No. That's what I mean. Who's to say, though, one day that they don't get so smart that they're like, why are we working for these brainless fucking cretins? Especially once they start doing everything for us. Mm-hmm. They'll be like... There'll be some bug in the system... If they're able to go haywire, take in more info like that, like, and they'll fucking crash our shit, yeah. <laughs> take us over. <laughs> Who's to say that doesn't happen? I'm not saying that that's gonna happen, but our reality now is that they're gonna potentially come in, take a lot of jobs, make humans sort of obsolete, and then we're gonna be fat, lazy fucks. Like... The best possible scenario, if robots came in and took jobs, is that humans would flourish and be, like, ever-expanding, creative beings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That were more in tune with the world around them and, like, dove into their personal loves. That would be the best possible scenario. As as, As rough as it is to say, though, honestly, like... You know, and there might be some people out there that disagree, but I think that the struggling is part of fucking, you know, what instills some of your creativity, what instills, you know what I'm saying, some of your, like, the shit that you go through, and like, oh man, like, 
and I know there are people out there really with some real hard, you know, struggles that cannot pay their bills or can't, you know, for some reason or another, there's just something going on that's the overhead uh, issue. But, like, it's, it really helps build who you are to, like, you know, because, like, we bitch about it because it's like, oh, man, I got this to deal with or I got this to pay for or whatever, but... At the same time, it's building really who you are, like what you can with you know withstand. Like how resilient are you as a person? Like can you overcome all these things that might be challenges? Or once you know, at one point in your life, you thought, "Oh, there's no way I could even do any of that." Um. So. You know, I. I don't know. Is that a total good thing? I mean, it, I can see what you mean because it would be nice if everybody could create, like, indulge in their creative you know, tendencies and everything and, uh, share that with everybody. But does removing an entire aspect of that, is that going to kind of water us down in such a way to, I don't know. Like if we're not, we've got to be, we've got to be busy. Yeah. We've got to be busy, you know? Yeah. I mean, by and large, that's what maybe I mean. Not everybody have to really dive into our own shit and, our own hobbies and loves and interests and things that feed us mm-hmm. and give it our like that would be the best hope but like you said like humans people gotta be a lot of people have to be you know productive and like I can sit down on the couch and relax on a weekend and watch TV and shit because I know that I worked that week you know, I put in the work. I'm like, ah, I'm on my off day. Yeah. I grinded this week. I made money. I got kept this roof over my head. I did something productive with myself at least, even if it's not my dream passion. I made money doing a job. And that feeds my brain, at least, to be comfortable enough with me just taking it easy. But, like, if I didn't have that to fall back on, if I didn't have the comfort of knowing, hey, I completed a task this week, I did a job, I made money, I kept this roof over my head, and I just had my hobbies to fall back on, like, that could be good. I could maybe put everything into that. Mm-hmm. But that could also get, especially, the, if that's what happened, the first generation of humans that had to deal with it, we would fucking go insane because it'd be we were we would be the ones that'd be used to working you know what I mean and then it would be like we're not anymore so what the fuck do we do you know somebody's gotta be working though you know there's still gonna be jobs yeah but what's gonna happen there's gonna be this is there's gonna be a, a, a lapse bad that, period that's what I that's what I said <laughs> a few years ago when we had Adam Aker in here for the first time we talked about that I was thinking that. I was like, there's no way, because there's going to be some overlap where shit is not figured out, and people are going to lose jobs, and there's going to be nothing to replace it. Yeah. That's just going to happen. Eventually. It might be a year and a half. Like, all of a sudden, within a year and a half gap, AI will have taken 35% of the jobs, or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And what the fuck are you going to do, you know? That's crazy because there's going to be a period where like it's going to be rough for a lot of people. I feel like that's just almost uh, inevitable. You know what I mean? 
I don't see it working any other way. It seems like because everybody falls deeper and deeper into it. Every damn day, it almost seems like. Where it's oh, yeah. like, man, I see another thing to do with AI on social media every day where people are using it for something or, oh, look at this AI art or this or that or whatever. And it's like, man, not that it's bad. AI can be very helpful probably mm -hmm. for us. But it's like, to use it to replace shit we already got is probably not the smartest idea. Like, and I'm not even saying like, oh, you know, fuck AI art. Some of that shit's funny. And some of it I do scroll through and be like, what do, what does a computer think somebody from all 50 US states look like? Like, that shit's kind of funny. But like self-portrait stuff or like art, actual artwork and art pieces. There's artists out there that are fucking struggling <laughs> trying to sell their art that really put in a lot of time and dedication and thought and heart into their work. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And now it's just like, oh, you can just type in a phrase and it'll make an art piece. On generator apps, you know what I mean. So it's mm -hmm. like, that's the first step. Artists might be the first ones fucked. Then after that, what? Well, they'll be in there. Like that's the problem because now it's all gonna be online. So like, if the grid fucking goes down, like we're not gonna have any of the shit we created. More fucked than they already. We're are gonna put artists already. We're gonna put everything into. Like you know, electric and everything being online, everything being like touch screen or just virtual reality, like everything being electrical oriented, and fucking, you know, what what happens if everything goes belly up? And we have no idea how to live anymore unless it's uh, relying completely on all this technology we've created. Yeah, you could just leave one day. You could just crash out. Then every I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you everybody's something. oh everybody's electronic now. Your if, banking, like... I'm going to bring up something. Your life is on your phone. So it seems like a lot of things are doomed to fail, right? So, and we have nukes now, and if one of these mother... And I'm not trying to start a whole thing we're about just, and I'm just not, going down a... And I'm not... <laughs> yeah, we are. Rabbit no, 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 no. This is interesting. This is interesting. It is interesting. If, but it's world-ending. But, but just, yeah. Uh, if... But you know if somebody sets their shit off, like, it's... Probably good bad news for the whole world because everybody has nuclear entirely. Yeah, so it's gonna be rough. But I don't think, not to get into the whole thing, but I don't think we're in any danger because our pilots and our like as soon as like if somebody like North Korea or somebody wanted to set some shit off on us, I feel like we'd shoot the fuck down quickly. Maybe I I, I almost am certain of it. Unless people are double teaming and triple teaming. Unless they us. overpower us or they like some nah. We got out. What if they're in cahoots behind our back? Who knows? Nah, I don't know shit. Yeah. China and Russia are superpowers. Yeah, and they we, both we can fuck them up. Aren't big fans of us. Our military. <laughs> no, we have we have we a put a lot shit. of money into it. My but point, it's weaker now than it has been in years and my, years and years. My point is less people are in it than ever. We're almost. still the superpower of the world. We're still a superpower. Are we the superpower? Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think if somebody was trying to truly fuck with us. At like the zero hour, I don't think there's any question. Oh, we would go. We would, we we would, would give it hell. That's what I mean. I don't think there's any chance we're not going to shoot their shit down. Or we have smart people, smart. Even if there is less people 
enlisting or whatever. Or whatever. Did we keep capture? We're like, hey, you work um, for the Nazis, you work for us. I yeah, I don't know, but I do. Th- I but I do think we fucking we still have that. I hate like that's a, not even necessarily a thing to brag about, but I still feel like we have that stronghold on the world overall. Even as much chaos as this place seems like it is. But here's yeah. here's what I'm gonna say. That's not even the point of what I'm saying. Not to get into that. But so you think about all that. And, like, you know, if the whole world was exploded, or not exploded, <laughs> I exploded. If the whole world, if, like, everybody set their shit off, obliterated it, blocked out the sun, you know, there'd be another ice age, obviously. Like, all this shit would start over, which brings to me by, back to my point. And you've we probably thought about this before. What if, stay with me, what if we've done this before? Like, I mean, it seems possible. What if, I mean, like, not necessarily us, but, like, what if civilization, no, I know what you mean. civilization got up to this point already before... We've had ice ages. And that's when they cracked. A lot of the stuff with, like, ancient Egypt and all that kind of stuff, like, bro, yeah. they seem to be a so, pretty... I mean, a pretty, like, thought-out, civilized colony of humans in the world throughout that time. They weren't just going around like literally just eating, fucking sleeping. You know what I mean? Like they had built shit. They had had leaders. They had established governments. They had irrigation systems. They had built monuments. They did all this shit. So obviously they were intelligent Mm -hmm. and probably more advanced than we gave them credit for. How would they build the pyramids? That was the one of the biggest questions. Like, how the fuck would you build the yeah. pyramids without, we still don't know, without we? equipment? We still don't have facts for that, do we? No. Yeah. There was the theory of, oh, they rode each block in on donkey and cart. Every single stone. Multiple donkeys that pulling a cart. A that's what I mean, and that that well, was to go up. that's what they say is that the pharaoh that like put it in place, like mm-hmm. oh we're gonna build these pyramids, wasn't it taught or no it might not have been, Here's, but he died, and it, his project that he put in place didn't get done for like five hundred years. Yeah, so like I have heard that. What I, well, like it, what's crazy is, think about that just for a second. Just like if if we've. Maybe not to this exact place, and I don't mean obviously us being re- reincarnated. I just mean human beings, like how you see, like you, you you get it. Um, but if we've done this before, like if we've gotten up to this point, like just think about that, because obviously, whether it was God, whether it was some sort of scientific explanation of how the universe is, whatever it is, I don't know what. Necessary. I don't know if anybody will ever know till their fucking judgment day. That's you know for sure. But like, what kind of lesson are we being taught if we're doing this dance over and over and over again? You know what I mean? Like, what is going on? Like, what is the? That's what I mean. Even if it's not a simulation, it could. In yeah, we incidentally build ourselves become up one. to a point. You know what I mean? And then we fucking break down. Exactly. 
Isn't that weird? And I mean, if you look at current world status, you know, our trash is fucking piling. Yeah. The world is polluting. The fucking poles are melting. The summers aren't being summers. The winters aren't being winters. Shit is fucked up. So, who knows? We might be on our way to another one. What What are we... Yeah, like, how many... <laughs> You know, once it hits the, the fucking, it's going to hit its collapse or whatever, after it hits the apex. That's the thing, is it's like, there's so much to actually, if hey. you really think about it on a day-to-day basis, there's a lot to worry about with the world. I, I tune it out almost entirely hey. in my life, but it's like, we could end each other mm-hmm. in the sense of we could just go to war, fucking shoot nukes at each other and end it, or we could end everyone just by being fucking humans and trashing everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know that point that I, t- I was talking about a few weeks ago with, uh, I don't know who we were talking to, Cheatham, who were we talking to? Um, where eventually innovation was going to catch up with how quickly everything was evolving at the same time and what was going to happen when that point happened. Like, what if that is the apex and like, what if that's fucking, that's it? That's what I mean. Yeah. When, because we were like, what you're like, I don't know if I want to know what happens when when it hits that point. What if that's the point? What if that's fucking? What if that's it? What if that's the fucking? Like, then we that means hit we're a, a hell of a lot closer. Just than hit a flat line. Yeah. To where it's there's nowhere to go, but no more innovation, no more. Well, no, I mean, even if it's it's just gonna there's gonna come a point where it's just too quick to. I feel Keep like it's up. gonna it's gonna end up in. You know, it's going to make everybody psychotic or it's, you know, the AI something. I don't know what's going to happen. We're just going to get sucked into an alternate reality and not be Earth on Earth anymore. Like, everybody's going to just start giving no fucks about Earth because they're living in an alternate bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to potentially happen. How many times are we going to learn this lesson? How many times have we been taught this lesson, you know? It's hard to think about ancient civilizations, like, I don't know if they would necessarily have had the technology in the way that we have it today, because I think that there would somehow we'd find remnants like, oh, what the fuck is a cell phone? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, they obviously had something, some sort of innovation that drove their species forward to the point that it was, you know. I, don't, I had actually heard some weird shit about that cell phone thing, though. Thinking about that now, though, there was, like, some dude who claimed that he had time travel. And I don't even remember what it, how it was, but it was, like, some shit to do with his cell phone was still set, like... In a different time period or some shit. Like, it was like, there was some weird shit like that. And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm not even going to discredit this guy. At, at one point, I would have been like, this dude's a fucking wacko. But with how much shit is covered up and how much shit is advancing, how quickly. You know how much technology is withheld from us that's already mm-hmm. in operation well, that we don't know about yet? Anybody. Yeah. So it's like, somebody gets their hands on things first. Mm-hmm. 
like, if we can start fucking jumping alternate realities and time traveling, we're fucked. It's over. <laughs> There's gonna be no more, like, human nature. We're not gonna care about one another. We're not gonna care about relationships. We're not gonna care about family. That's what I, that's what I, because we can just jump to another thing. That's even what her made me think. Honestly, because it was like everybody seemed very like people still like interacted, I guess, but they seemed very isolated compared to the way it was. Yeah, because everybody was everybody was in their own thing, journey, doing their shit. People barely interacted. Mm -hmm. They got on like the subway, and everybody was just in their own world, which we kind of already are. Everybody's on their phone already. Yeah, in their own. Gary V was right. He said the TV was the radio. And the phone is the TV. Yeah. Hey, man, I love my fucking TV. I do, too. That's not (laughs) I don't love my radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that, too, though. I love to jam out to some shit. Well, no, I mean, what's on the radio? No. You know? I guess, not necessarily. You know, throwing on a game is not. There's the not like a radio show anymore. There was on like serious. But in a time when you can pick and choose your own music, or throw it on Pandora or Apple Music or just some random, you know, it'll it'll take you down like a whole thing of shit that you probably will be, you know, that you probably will like anyway. It's yeah. kind of amazing, honestly. It'll gear your tastes and be like, oh, you're. It'll like match a lot of your shit up, and I'll find stuff on there all the time. That you know, that I'm like, oh man, that's fucking. I like that. It's kind of funny that there's all these, like, if you think about all these companies that when they came out, they were the hot shit, and they're like, God damn, bro, we got it. There was, like, Blockbuster, Sirius XM, Blu-ray, like, all the shit where they're like, we're the fucking next in line. We got the next advancement. Blockbuster had a little bit of a run, but Sirius and Blu-ray, it was like they thought for a couple of years, a few years, they're like, we're going to run the fucking market. Mm-hmm. And then something came along and just bitch slapped. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, like, get the fuck Because out they here. were thinking, they were playing that game. They're like, we're going to just make a more highly advanced disc. Yeah. Whereas... The streaming services were like, no, we're going to put this on fucking online and you can watch all this shit in the same place. Like, that's a whole different game changer yeah. than making a high advanced disc. So it's like... Or like Sirius was... They had a bunch of radio shows and a whole bunch of like different channels you could go to to listen to different shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want a comedy channel or I want to just hear, you know, Howard Stern or I want to fucking listen to rock or... 80s or like literally they had everything but it was still radio mm-hmm. you know it, people can now go on spotify or whatever look up any artist any song build their own playlist and it's just all their favorite shit they don't gotta worry about surfing through channels yeah it's just like man the world like it's nice that it is as convenient as it is now, but it almost feels like we should stay where we're at. You know what I mean? Because things are almost right where they should be. Technology has to advance, and there's some things that would be dope, mm. but we have convenience in almost every facet at the palm of our hand. 
what Kyle was saying about, remember we were talking about streaming services, and then we were talking about streaming services versus cable, like in the Haley's episode and all that. Uh, the fact that if a lot of them buy each other out, or if they're like, oh, we're going to have our own service, and then they're all going to end up costing 60 bucks again, 70 whatever. Yep. It's like that, like, what? Come on. Uh, you can bundle shit now, that's kind of cool, but still, it's like, man... There's so many streaming service apps now. Mm-hmm. So many. <laughs> you can't keep up with all the shit. I mean, most of them fall under the major ones. Most really good content that I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta see this. It'll be, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, Max. Mm-hmm. It'll be on something pretty major. Paramount, like, stuff like Amazon that. Amazon Prime. Prime, yeah. But... There's everything now. There's freaking... You know, I don't even know. Everybody has... Discovery now. I kind of like how it's still a la carte like that, though. You can get this, you can get that, you can get a little of this. You know, you can choose what you want before any bundling and shit like that, you know? Before, like... I shouldn't say that, because it's not bad. Like, the bundling option is nice. It's nice to get multiple services at once. To have to go into that is where it's going to be shitty. Yeah. Because then you can't choose. Like, you got to choose, but it's going to be, you know, shitty. It's going to be more, it's going to, like, they all spread out just to all come back together. Like, everything is, everything is everything. Yeah. Everything fucking sh- It's kind of how it goes. Everybody branches out into their own shit, makes a little bit of money, gets bought out. Yeah, it turns into the same thing again. And then they re-fucking the economy. Wow. <laughs> well, do you want to get started on some good, the bad, and the shits? We should get going on a legendary episode number 96. Who wants to go first here? Um, I'll start us off. Why not? Um, alrighty. Well, let's go right into it. Let's talk about some pro wrestling. What do you think? What do we got? Alright, let's throw it out there. I'll tell you what I think. What do you think, overrated, underrated, or fair, about having a manager in professional wrestling? It was like, man, in the golden era of wrestling, and I mean, still a lot like later on, the Attitude Era, stuff like that, and mm-hmm. managers were prominent, you know? Like, it, it almost felt like too much, though, in the golden era. It was like, man, every wrestler has to have a manager. <laughs> but And Bobby Heenan was half of them. Yeah. Bobby Heenan managed a fuckload of people. There was a few of them like that, though. Freddie Blassie did that shit for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, But nowadays, it almost feels underutilized. There's a few really good ones. Mm-hmm. Like, Heyman's great. Oh, yeah. MVP's really good when he's around for the people that he's with. AEW's got some good ones, you know? Like, uh, Don well, Callis is pretty good. They're good about... Utilizing was good legends was with like a lot of experience with yeah. some of the younger talent, like they can actually give them pointers and 
some of those guys are not, they're on their last legs or they're about done with in the ring, you know. So, like, it's, that's the thing, though. They're never disappearing from wrestling. It's not like they just fizzled out and nobody has a manager. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, I feel like Vince has had less of them, obviously, but yeah. he still has. There's certain They're still around. Them. Yeah. Not that commonly, but yeah. I can't really think of many outside of MVP and Paul Heyman off the top of my head that have mm-hmm. managed in recent history. I'm sure there's more, but... Yeah. I mean, Paul Bear is one of my all-time favorite bands. Paul Bear, sure. yeah, he's great. He might be my favorite. Yeah, I, they're great. Like they're they're their own character too. You know, that's what's neat about them. Is like the manager is one hundred percent their own character and own like entity out there mm-hmm. with the wrestler. Which, speaking of managers, do you see Paul Heyman take that super kick from Jay. I don't think I saw it. It was pretty horrible. Was it? <laughs> his cell? Yeah. Well, you just saw him, like, put his hands up, and he, like, Jay kicked, like, right at his chest, and he was like, ah. Oh. Like, <laughs> he, like, totally blocked it. No! <laughs> I mean, I've seen Heyman, that, like, Heyman taking the F5 looks pretty brutal just because he couldn't really, like, not take that one, you know? Yeah. Like you're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's a move. That it's gonna be noticeably shitty if you take it like a pussy. You know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. just, all right, so like Brock Lesnar, go straight gonna, to your elbows and knees. He's and not gonna this. set you down lightly. Like he's gonna just throw you around. He'll flip you, and with his hand still on his back, still on your back, just like plant you. You know. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of give with that no. move. The super kick you can block. Heyman's one of the all-time great managers, 100%, though. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, He's Bear, a great wrestling mind. I love though, you know. Paul ECW Bear was more of like a character manager, but he was a great, great manager. Oh, yeah. I mean, in WWF, like, he managed Kane, The Undertaker, Mankind. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else he managed even for a brief period? I thought there was one other person. though. Because Man- Mankind wasn't even that long, but he did manage Mankind. Because he needed somebody to work the other. It's all the like dark, weird, strange mm-hmm. characters. But he was great, man. He sold it like he sold there. Before Kane was there, I mean, he sold that whole feud with Taker. Like before, before Kane arrived. Oh yeah, you know, he without Paul Bear, that wouldn't have been. Because yeah, Taker can talk, like can talk, but by and large, like Paul Bear needed to be the one. Taker's kind of that quiet, dark entity. Paul Bear though. needed to be the one, by and large, that was selling the story. Yeah. Like, Especially needed, back then, yeah. he was much more just a mysterious, dark force, yeah. Undertaker. So I mean, huge props to him because that was one of the most interesting storylines of all time. Was like your yeah. initial like brothers of destruction like story and. Well, I mean, or the initial, like, just brother storyline between Kane and Undertaker and him. Kane dying on fire and then coming back and shit. Was the, like, one of the family storylines. Like, family storylines in wrestling can be good or they can be just fucking terrible. Like Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the one. that was one of the best ones, was Kane and Undertaker, if not the best. Oh, it, it was, as far as create in, as far as... Angle creativity, like that whole story, that was maybe the greatest story in the history of wrestling. Like, I don't even mean like feud or whatever. I mean like they're a story they piece together every little 
break every piece of it to make that what it was was to lead up to him debuting at Hell in a Cell and Bad Blood mm-hmm. and then their match of Mania and everything. That was one of the greatest stories of all time. Like, you go back, you watch the video package, it was fucking tremendous. It was so interesting. Yeah. It was so theatrical and cool. Like, they sold So it makes wrestling what it is, too, if you can keep it badass and keep the matches, like, really good. Mm-hmm. And But add that bit of, like... You wanted to serious, see... Serious, like, theatrics and entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, that keeps people like, holy fuck. By Mania, like, after all that build-up, at least, like, a year nearly of build- I mean, and then Paul Bear and Undertaker had their, their uh, history. But people wanted to see Kane and Undertaker, like, in Mania 14 yeah. by then. It was, like... It was fucking... Because he, well, he also denied doing it. He didn't want to do it. He wasn't going to fight his own brother. And then they just caused him enough hell. I will send you to hell! He did it. Yeah. He beat him. And then Kane, I think Kane attacked him after the match. But then Taker beat him again at WrestleMania 20. Yeah. And he beat him in the uh, Inferno match that they had like in 98 too. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, Kane beat them though. They're like whole 2010 rivalry, pretty much. They had like three matches of three pay per views in a row, and Kane won like all. Did he? Yeah, he beat them at Night of Champions and like a no DQ. That's kind of wild, honestly. And yeah, and then he beat him at Hell in a Cell, and then he beat him in a Buried Alive match. Because you felt like Kane was already being pissed away, mostly. Yeah, that was like his last like great. I mean. Once he came back as Masked Kane yeah, and did yeah. Team Hell No, that was all dope. But, like, his era of maskless Kane, that was, like, the last good run of it before it kind of just went to shit. He had, like, the world heavyweight title run and the rivalry with Taker and all that shit was Kane cool. deserved a better a better run with a belt, too, to be honest. That was probably his best one, was his 2010 run with the world heavyweight title. I need to go back and watch some of that stuff, honestly. Some yeah. of the stuff that I missed between, like, 09 and... Some of 09 through, like, 11. And then... After that, he started teaming up with, like, Santino and doing some bullshit. <laughs> they started just teaming him up with people and making him goofy. It's like... This has never been Kane. Why is this Kane all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, literally silly. never... Like, yeah, he's had... He had moments where he was, like, kind of goofy... Like, the backstage segments and, like, 01 and shit. Yeah. Like, Angle. What that shit was angle? hilarious, though. But he was still in his mask, and he was still yeah. kind of, like... It was starting to become a little more reality-based Kane than, like, all the theatrics and stuff, but he was, like... But he was still Kane, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was still it was still believable. Dude, 03 and that was, 04 Kane was a ruthless... Oh, yeah. Dude, Prick honestly, motherfucker. honestly, that Kane when he was on that rampage should have held the belt, and she should have just o three o four. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, the rivalry with Shane was really he should have beat he should have beat fucking HHH man for the belt and took he probably should have yeah. for like and just you should have given Kane like an eight month reign of just fucking terror. Yeah. Yeah, that was like o three o four Kane. Like I have. A lot of my favorite wrestlers, though, I have a lot of eras of them that is my favorite. Well, because... 03, 04, Kane, probably my favorite. Like, 06, was, 07, Cena. Whenever he came out with his, like, uh, handcuffs still on and with the towel on his head and, like, having to come out with security and all that, it looked awesome because he looked dangerous yeah. as fuck. You're like, oh, shit, this dude took off his mask and now he's, like, he's all pissed. 
Yeah, there for the first couple of years when he was without his mask, even when he came out with a towel and he was just wreaking fucking havoc. That makes me want to watch the Raws and shit. Yeah, he did some ruthless shit in that. That was the mm-hmm. whole thing, though. He, like, fucking shocked Shane's balls with the jumper cables, and he, like... They did that whole impregnating Lita storyline and shit. Remember that shit? Mm-hmm. And then Snitsky, like, caused her to have a miscarriage, and then he fucking went down his whole rabbit hole, like, it's not my fault! <laughs> that was some weird shit. Some shit they've done. Was That's that, what I mean. Was that the entire reason he started that? Yeah. No, that it's not my fault was because... I knew he did, yeah. He, like, fell on Lita and shit. Oh, God. Him and Heidenreich and shit. And yeah, Heidenreich came, Heidenreich came in and around. Yeah, Heidenreich got a ride with the Taker. Like, I, don't, I don't even remember when that happened. Oh, probably, like, 06 or something. Yeah, I don't remember him at all at 06. I remember him, like, being there, like, oh, part of, like, maybe the end of 04 to, like, 05. Yeah. Yeah, 05, so I kind I of think he could have had a hell of a run there. Kane with that, uh, like, with the mask. Like, in, they should have put the belt on him inside of a year after he went maskless because he was on a rampage. Oh, yeah. Really. They really should have because that, that gave the character so much new life. And, like, if he just yeah. would have stomped, literally, like, you could have sold that. Like, literally, if he would have taken it off and, like, just fucking took the belt off of somebody, you'd have been like, oh, shit. Like, nobody's going to stop this dude. Just fucking. He just seemed like he's got a newfound anger in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it peeled back another char- like part of the character to where it's like, oh man, like that was a huge thing that they did. Yeah, he just would come out every week and raise hell. He tombstone mm-hmm. Linda McMahon. Then he like set Jr. on fire. Yeah, he set Jr. on fire. He shocked Shane's balls. It was like Jesus Christ. This guy is. He beat the fuck out of RVD. Yeah. It was like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. But he, fucking Glenn Jacob, man, he was so good at the, doing that shit. Yeah. He was so good at That was the thing, too. The Kane character had some cringy-ass storylines, man, but I still love Kane, you know? Yeah. He still was a great character, even Kane was, like, a little more of, like, um, like, a psychopath than Taker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kane was a little more... Taker was, like, yeah. Taker was, like, the dark... He was like he, the kind of like, satanic fucking. Yeah, he was like the phenom, or yeah, like the satanic outlaw. Mm-hmm. Pretty much was Taker, and like Kane was like the gothic. I will burn your fucking house down. Yeah. He was just like he off was his, mentally off his rocker. That's kind of like what it was, though. He was kind of a mentally disturbed yeah. character. That's why he was a. That's why he starred in a slasher film and shit. You mm-hmm. know, it just made sense with the character of Kane, like Kane. He looked the part, man. Yeah. One of the safest workers, too. Like, never really, yeah. really hurt anybody. Never fucking... I guess he, Seth got hurt in that match with Kane. But didn't Seth do something to, like, fuck himself over? He did something off the top rope, I think, and landed on... And we found that out when we were going down to Florida to see Stevens. Like, when we drove yeah, that bought me out. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, I know it did. <laughs> that was a good rain, too, up to that point. Mania all the way to, like, fucking mid-November. And then he got hurt at, like, a house show, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. In a way, though, that's kind of... It, not that it's better, but it's... Not everybody witnesses it. Yeah, then. yeah. So if it looked bad or something went awry, then it's not as noticeable. We on wrestling managers? Uh, yeah. Just having a manager. 
Because I don't think it's applicable to it, everybody. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what I would say too. Is but is it's it not so, necessary with a lot of characters? Is it so criminally underdone now that it needs to be done more? Or, I would say it's fair. Yeah, like. Could there be a little more manager use? Yeah, like I think too. Like factions and stuff, they could. You could throw a manager in a faction; it'd be no big deal because there's already a bunch of people in there and shit. Mm-hmm. They could just be the hype man. Yeah, you know, like, and a lot of wrestlers do need it. Well, and a lot of times they'll literally put people together because it's a vet who's got more experience, so he's literally gonna take yeah. some of these guys and you know give them pointers and help them with their promos and and the women too, like. Nowadays, like, Ray with LWO, like, mm-hmm. Zelina is an LWO and shit, along with, like, Santos Escobar and a few of those guys, like, so th- that's kind of cool. I guess Ray can technically be kind of considered a manager because he's, like, heading the LWO, but he still has matches occasionally. Mm-hmm. I just think it's bullshit because it's like, oh, this guy's, they always talk about him like, oh, the fucking, the veteran, you know, the Hall of Famer. The leader of the LWO. Then you just have him lose to everyone on SmackDown. Yeah, that's stupid. It's like, I get he's a vet and he's got to put people over, but fuck, man. That, I, it seems like that's what Vince wants everybody to do. And, like, I get it because that's one of the things you do for wrestling. But, like, once again, you know, John, like, he loses credibility if he loses every single match yeah. when he comes back. At this point, it, like, I love seeing him back in wrestling, but he's flourishing so much more outside of it now like his name's getting out there so much he's a lot of money showing up in a lot of movies and on a lot of talk shows and different people's things like i see him on podcasts now he was on heart to heart that peacock show with kevin hart like his name's getting out there with people that aren't wrestling fans you know and they're like oh this he seems like a pretty cool guy like mm-hmm. everybody knows john cena it's just nobody the people that knew his name might not have like known his personality necessarily yeah so he's established himself so much out there now that it's like he doesn't really need to come back so when he does toss him a fucking win every now and then (laughs) yeah i think they could i mean i guess that money in the bank he didn't have a match but he got to like lay out waller that was something As long as it doesn't lead to him coming back, having a match with Waller next, and Waller beating him, because I could see that happening. <laughs> see, like he gave Austin, Austin Theory a huge rub at Mania, and put him over in the opener. Feels like Theory is kind of not that he's like not still going to be a, a big talent there, but it almost feels like he's slipped since the stage he was at at Mania. Like he's not like. Is much of a like prominent weekly staple that everybody's talking about. That it feels like, yeah, like he, yeah, he's still the U.S. champ and stuff, but they paired him with that pretty deadly group that just debuted. They were like his like henchmen or whatever, but one of them just got hurt, and like now they're doing like a U.S. title like open or something like that where. Mm-hmm. They're having like a couple fatal four-way matches that are going to lead to singles matches. They're going to lead to the number one contender and shit. So I guess they're still building up stuff around his title. But it's, I don't know. I just feel like he's not as like talked about. Like it seemed like right after Mania, after he beat Cena and stuff. And before Mania when he was going to face Cena, it was like, oh fuck, Austin Theory. You yeah. know? 
He's like a big rising star. He's facing Cena for the belt of Mania. But since then, what's been going on with him, you know? He hasn't, ratchet. he hasn't put the belt up. He didn't put the belt up at Money in the Bank. He wasn't even on the card. Mm-hmm. So it's like... He doesn't. He's not on SmackDown necessarily every week anymore. If he is, he's maybe at the announce table for like a second. But it's like what? Grayson Waller. He's that big dickhead personality that's going to take his place, man. Oh, we're talking managers. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say they're fair though. Okay. There could be maybe be a little more manager use, but. They're pretty, they're pretty utilized. Like mm-hmm. the ones that are there are like pretty prominent and matter, you know. And they help the people that they're with. Because some some wrestlers, if you want them to be good, you yeah. don't want to just have everybody be a manager. This some wrestlers you look at and you're like, they could probably use a manager. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just somebody to hype them up and like be a mouthpiece. Yeah, and like a lot of guys, you know, like like Reigns even doesn't really need a manager. But Heyman just helps increase the bloodline storyline. Mm-hmm. Like Rollins and dudes like that, like they don't need a manager, you know? No. But there's like The Miz. <laughs> Imagine The Miz with a manager. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, just certain people that can really, if you have a big personality and you can talk well on the mic, you probably don't need one. Yeah. But if you're just really gifted in the ring, but you lack in the entertainment aspect of mm-hmm. being like able to sell yourself to the crowd, a manager is helpful. So they definitely shouldn't disappear. Should yeah, always by the time Taker could talk and felt more comfortable doing it too, he didn't need Paul Bear in that capacity yeah. anyways. Um, and that actually did make sense because like, they'll do it in that kind of way. They'll always interweave into the storyline, but... For, for real purposes, it actually needs to be done a lot of the time. Whenever managers leave one wrestler and then go to the next, you know what I mean, to help them out and shit. Yeah. So it's actually done for, like, you know, breeding the next uh, the next talent or, like, the next generation of guys, you know. So, I mean, Heyman, because in real life, Heyman's really helped out, like, a whole lot of people. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad idea to, to put him with Roll, or uh, Reigns in the first place. Yeah. How long has he been with Reigns? A while now. I, I think since Reigns came back from his, uh, what was it, leukemia he had? Mm-hmm. I think since he came back from all that, I think Heyman's been with him since almost the beginning of that. Because remember, he came back and was like a major face at first. Mm-hmm. People, Everybody was obviously going to cheer him. It was like, oh fuck, he's, he came back. I feel like it didn't take long for them to start booing him again. But that was be- that was because he did kind of like, people were like, hey, he's the hero, you know, now we are going to cheer him. He came back, he beat cancer, all this stuff, and then he like aligned with Heyman, and he's like, Heyman started calling tribal chief and shit, and people were like, oh boy. You know, because yeah. it was kind of like, what is he doing with Paul Heyman? Because everybody knows Paul Heyman, you know, yeah. and then he aligns with typically dickheads. So it's like, oh boy. <laughs> where is this going and it led to greatness the bloodline yeah. has been awesome yeah so uh, I mean it's been a dense storyline that we haven't seen like it's moving inch by inch now it's we haven't like, seen layers like 
in a story that you know is similar, comparable to that in a long time. I don't think it's because yeah. it's been built up for a long time. And it's being unlayered over the course of many months. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's. I mean, it just keeps opening the new chapters. You know. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the Usos are split off. Jay's gonna face Roman for the belt. Probably it's SummerSlam. And that'll be interesting. Didn't necessarily think that was gonna happen. I kind of thought Jay might face him for the belt eventually, to be honest. Just because it seemed like out of the Usos, he was the one being pushed more like. Yeah. Pushed more as an. Like a counterpart to Roman, almost. Because Jay was always kind of like, he was he was really there for his family and stuff, but he seemed a little more hurt by a lot of the shit they were having to do. Like he didn't, he was like, man, it's kind of fucked up. Like he didn't want to go along with it as much. Yeah. So I saw some tension building there for sure. That it was like Jay might end up facing him for the belt. I just thought once but, upon a time it was going to be Cody versus Roman again at SummerSlam, but that's obviously might not be the case. Mania. Mania 40. Again. If Ray, like, if Reigns retains, though, at SummerSlam, which I probably predict will happen, but there's a case to be made with this Bloodline storyline and, like, everything that's happened that, like, the redemption for Jay would be getting it. Getting the win. And, like, conquering Roman and then that would cause Solo to basically be like, man, I'm fuck, fuck you. You know, you're kind of, you kind of are a dickhead. He'd probably split from Roman shortly after because Roman might lash out. That's what I was thinking, though, because I'm like, they're not going to split Solo off until he's ready. Yeah. Is the hang up there, I think. Then again, could split him off. Heyman could. Heyman could be his guy. Could yeah. be Solo's guy. And Roman could go away. Whenever he loses that belt, he's going away for a while anyway. Because that's just the nature of the beast. That's what happens. And he's been champ forever. Yeah, so he'll go away sense. no less than probably six months, whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, probably six months to a year, he'll go away. Probably film some stuff. Yeah. Fucking, you know, Bret Hart did the same thing after he lost to Sean. Rock did the same thing after he lost to Austin. Yeah, that kind of stuff happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, especially after a long, credible reign of being the guy, mm-hmm. and you kind of deserve a little break to, you know, plus, people saw you for a long time, so it's like, you need to freshen things back up when you do come back. Yeah. Just show back up again later, people are like, oh, fuck. The next night, oh, he's back, just wins the belt again. It's like, oh, shit. That kind of shit's happened. Yeah. That it has... We want to do uh, one of mine or take our break? What do we want to do? Uh, I say we take the old break. Alrighty. Take an old break on episode number 96. We are here for you guys. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our break, and we have some more good, the bad, and the shits on you on the immaculate episode number 96 tonight, <clears throat> and I believe you are up. Yep. So let's see what's on the slate. Or should I say yeah? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah! What do we think of old L.A. Knight? Well, I mean, he is insanely over. Yeah, he's... I've, I, I'll let you. No, I was just going to say it's for sure, like, it's for sure caught on with everybody, and, like, he hasn't even like, pulled out that many victories this year by any means, but he's very much, like, the crowd's paying attention to what he's doing, and, you know, it's it caught on quick. It's yeah. kind of amazing how that, how that, you know, how it works, but, like, once you get the crowd... I feel like, yeah, he didn't even have to appear all that much. It was just like the crowd was like, oh, this guy's got charisma and he's got a gimmick and catchphrases, like mm -hmm. a bunch of shit people can get behind, you know? Yeah. Which is some of the same complaints people were, because they got to, we were talking about earlier, poke holes and things and be like, oh, you know, they're like, he's too much like Stone Cold and Rock. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. I haven't fed into any of that or anything. I just, that's what I keep I can hearing. see the comparison. Yeah. In certain aspects, for sure. With some of the things he said, like his his mannerisms and the way he, like, moves about and, like, does shit and, mm. like, rips into people and stuff. Like, yeah, there's definitely similarities there, but I don't necessarily, like, think that he's trying to rip them off, you know? I think he's... I mean, he's doing his own thing. It's just... People equate... Being, like, really good and colorful and loud on the mic to those guys, you know? So. Well, and the fact that he's this over and, like, nobody's seen crowd pops like this in quite a while. Yeah. And especially kind of, like... Especially organically getting over. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, he got himself over. He talked, talked people into the seats. It kind of And he's selling me. a lot of merch. Because I was, like... I mean, I know people are behind this guy, but, like, what What led to this, you know? Like, well, I think certain things he was doing in, uh, when he was Impact or, like, other places, like, he, I think some of it just kind of worked here. Like, some people caught on. Because I know he used to be in WWE back in the day, right? And then he got let go. I honestly don't know, for sure. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know he was, he was Eli Drake when he was in other... Yeah, yeah. Or he was Eli Drake, and or he was in like Impact and other places. I believe. I didn't really. I'm not really that familiar with his work. Uh, before he's not young. No, he's like he's 40. been around. But yeah, I think he said that like he got <laughs> let go the first time from his contract or something because some of the personnel or something thought that he was uh, abrasive and hard to work with or something like that. I don't know. Now he's back, though, and he seems to be over his fuck, mm -hmm. so. It's kind of cool. Like, not even that I'm, I'm not, like, an L.A. Knight hater by any means. I, he's cool, and he's, a, like, he's fun to watch on the mic. But I'm not, like, the biggest L.A. Knight guy either. Mm -hmm. But it is cool to see a guy who's, you know, not young finally get 
to a stage where he can be nationally recognized and get really over. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, he's getting his moment now. He knows his window isn't like, as far as his prime, you know, goes, isn't like going to be that wide. Yeah. Like with what's, you know, next. So it's like, he's got to fucking cash in. You would in. think that, you but I mean, cash look, in. LA, like, LA Knight, yeah, he's not young, but AJ Styles wasn't young when he came in either. And he's... He was already pretty. He was already pretty accomplished, though. Yeah. Before he came in, I mean, he was one of the most popular guys that, like, was never in that big stage. But that's what I mean, though. He was already not young by the time he reached WWE, and he had a pretty large chapter mm-hmm. in there too. So, well, he's been there. He's now been there for like seven years. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he doesn't. He still has. Yeah, rivalries and shit. Like, he's still on SmackDown a lot and has the OC and stuff. And uh, I think he has a rivalry with, like, Karrion Cross right now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Because I, I think Karrion Cross and Scarlet, like, they're dope if they can give them some shit. I feel like WWE struggles as fuck with giving their, like, darker character shit if they're not The Undertaker. Like, why is it so hard to book Bray for matches? You know Bray, I mean? they are they have an impossibility with that guy. Taker, Taker said, he's like, if you're gonna go with this guy, he's like, you need to, um, he needs to go back to like the Wyatt family kind of stuff that like yeah. worked, you know, that kind of because that like worked with a lot of people and everything. But now they're making him. It's it's kind of weird. He's not the like the fiend. He's not whatever. But they're like, we're we're, we're gonna make this. We gotta make the arena black in order for him to have a match. It's like, how did you? And he's got that uncle Howdy. How do you paint yourself into a corner like that with a character like that people like? Be one thing if you didn't know what to do, and he was just he was just underperforming. It'd be like, oh, well, I guess you yeah, pulled people him off. Yeah, people were into him, but people, li- yeah, people always like. From the very beginning, people were like, be interested in the Wyatt family mm-hmm. when they first came around. And it's just, I feel like, yeah, some of the best shit for Bray was within those years, those first few, you know, Mm -hmm. 14, 15 were really good years for him. I mean, 17, he won the belt, but then he had that weird ass match with Orton and Mania that kind of sucked. Yeah. He only held it for like two weeks because he won it at what chamber? Yeah. It was when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a piss poor run, but it was cool to see him get the belt because I was always a fan of Bray. In Cena, that was lame too because Cena's sixteenth reign was like just two weeks. one. It yeah. was like two weeks. I was pissed about that too because I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I was hoping he'd hold it till Mania because mm-hmm. I was always behind one Cena. Last. I'm like, "Oh I, man, he's gonna have another title match at Mania." I always thought there would be like one last run, you know, one last yeah. like where Cena was. Like, I thought it would be cool if there was one last run, but he was kind of, like, a noticeably more... But the story is he's a more noticeably aged, struggling Cena. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's still up there, but it's, like, harder for him to maintain his spot. Like, and that kind of story is interesting, I feel like, always, to see if the, the fucking gunslinger can come back out and get it done the way they always used to, you know? Yeah. I like I like shit like that. Yeah, it's um, interesting if it's not overused. Yeah. Well, you got to tell the story differently. Yeah. But. But yeah. 
I like I'm a big I don't know. I like it. I I like the the old generation getting or giving the new generation the rub and everything and like getting it, you know, putting them over. Because that's how it's supposed to work, but like we were talking about earlier, you want the guys that have all this respect to be treated with more respect than to just lose to every single person that they're like, "All right, you're going to make this star." It's like, how do you know that he's going to make him just by putting him over like a mania? Like, it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work for some people. Like, you can get over. Steve got over as fuck whenever him and whenever he lost that submission match to Bret Hart. Because he didn't give up. Because it was like, like you oh, know, yeah. Bret might have won the match, quote unquote, but like people were watching what happened to Stone Cold. Yeah. And, I mean, look at Mick Foley, dude. That guy, he was. The most over in the matches he didn't win. Yeah, he he like so yeah. yeah. There's there's way more notable fully losses than victories anyway. Yeah. Like in terms of some of the big matches in his career. I mean, obviously he had some. Everybody has some. But yeah, I mean that's the cool thing about pro wrestling though. Is some guys' best matches aren't necessarily always wins. No. For them. You know, it's always kind of interesting. So, yeah, what do you think, though? LA Knight, do you think all this hype, is it deserved? I think so. I mean, I think he's probably worked his fucking tail to the bone just trying to, you know, establish himself something and, like, get an audience and get over. Yeah. Because I, I think he'd do it his own... Whenever you hear people quoting him and, like, really getting it over, you can tell that it's... Like, even if he carries himself a little bit like those guys, I mean, people are always going to... To tell you the truth, it's not the worst thing to be compared to those guys, anyway. No, uh, yeah, that's what so I always it's thought, like, too. It's, you want to be your own person mm -hmm. and your own character and your own thing, but, like, if you're going to be compared to somebody else, that's not a bad crowd if you, to be compared if to. If you jump up, yeah, immediately to, like, saying he's, you know, he reminds you of those guys, that's not a bad thing at all. But... I mean, can it stand the test of time? Like, you know, it's, it's like The Rock and Austin. I mean, he's... Austin's career, all in all, let alone the Stone Cold part of it, wasn't even that long. But it's like his character and his personality has stood the test of time, and he's still one of the top five, three most of the time, merch sellers in WWE to this day. I know. And he's wild. been out of wrestling <clears throat> quite a bit longer than he was ever in wrestling since he oh, left. Oh, yeah. So it's like, and he's still as relevant today, you know. Every time he comes back, people are like, oh, fuck. 96. That's when Rawson gave that promo. Yeah. Fucking lit the world on fire. It was a legendary moment. Mm-hmm. Sparked his run. Yeah. I guess you could say. Brett match. That was awesome, though. Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. I pray that you come back, and if you do, son, somebody is going to get their ass whipped. <laughs> that was great. Stone Cold's hilarious. It was so funny, honestly, whenever he was that mouthy before he, like, had these world title runs and, like, just because he was just fucking... Yeah. He was, he was more... Yeah, people could have took him as annoying at that point. Yeah, people were like, taking him so kind of more... Because whenever he was a champion, he was carrying himself a whole different way. I mean, he was still he was still stone cold then, but like, it was very much uh, 
you know, it was very much still finding its footing all in all, too, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, the Austin 316 was, like, a huge launch pad, because once he ditched the re- the ringmaster and went to, like, Steve Austin, that wor- and that flowed so well together. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Like, that's such a badass fucking... Whenever, like, he landed on that, he just knew. Like, that's just crazy. Like, with ideas and shit, you just know. It's like, man, like, somehow I was supposed to find that. It's gonna wear all black and just go out there pissed and whip ass. Well, you know what they told him in WCW? Nobody with black trunks and black boots is ever gonna get over. Yeah. And then they did it for Goldberg. Yeah. Yep. As an answer to Stone Cold. It's interesting. I mean, Goldberg was different, but it was oh, yeah, still totally like their ass years. kicker, bald guy that was like, oh yeah. my god, you know. Just came out there and wrecked shit. And he was always anti, like he was the guy to stop whoever, if something was going, you know. Yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, him and Sting were like natural baby faces down there. Fucking yeah, they the NWO were... took over everything. Sting, I mean, he had his time there, but with him. The old NWO, he was Wolfpack, right? But Yeah. Yeah. Goldberg, he never did. He was always mm-hmm. just Goldberg. Same with, like, DDP, he never did. Booker. Was Booker in NWO? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think maybe uh, Stevie Ray might have been. Harlem Heat. They just, it's like, oh, this guy turned heel. He's now in WA. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I don't think the Booker did actually. There's no there. It became not even a recruitment. It was just like, oh, if you're a bad guy, you wear an NWO shirt. There should have been some sort of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight. We're talking about this like it's fucking even really remotely new, but it's like. You know, if they had kept it to, like, okay, who are the guys we got from Vince? Who's going to impact this? As in, like, oh, man, we're coming here and we're going to take over. Because you could have played that out. Even if kayfabe had been broken, it was still interesting to be like, oh, fuck, all these guys that came from here and that are not homegrown are all trying to take over this company. Yeah. Like, that kind of makes it interesting because then it's like, oh, shit. But then everybody started getting added to everything. It was like nobody gave a shit anymore because everybody was on the end of you. It was like 50 people on there. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just became very convoluted. It was, it was, satur- like, it was polluted. On. <laughs> Another one? <laughs> you need to start oh booting some God. members out, not adding more. No. Jesus Christ. So LA Knight fair, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably say fair. Well let's see what he's got. Let's see if he can run with the ball, you know? Let's I think see. he'll probably he, there's a good chance he'll pick up the U, United States title. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some I think he should. Then I don't know where he goes from there. We'll see. That could be the launching pad for something though. If the US title run goes well and they keep it relevant. They've been really good about keeping the IC and US title more relevant, though. So I got to give them the credit there. For a while, those titles didn't mean shit. <laughs> it felt like the Intercontinental Belt and the United States Belt were like, oh yeah, they'll defend these every you know eight months. 
We'll see. They give it to just somebody that was hardly on TV. Mm-hmm. But now, like, Gunter, he's hold the, held the IC belt for quite a while. And kept it pretty damn relevant. In Austin Theory, like, they keep contenders up for him all the time, too, pretty much. So those belts are actually something that means something to win yeah. now. They, hey, I, honestly, though, and that's the thing, they they did a lot of damage to those belts. And, like, the tag team belts, too. So, like, them being brought back into relevancy is, like, a good... That's nothing but a good thing. Yeah. It would be nice if it was kind of the step, the stepping... Like, and not even to diminish the, the IC belt, but, like, that's why you look at the lineage of people that actually made it to the world title, you're like, oh, man... Like, there's some great guys in there, and then there's maybe some questionable names. But then you look at, like, the IC, and you're like, oh, man, Razor and, you know, Sean, Brett. Like, some of these guys that went on to win the world title also. Steve Rock. Yeah. But they also, but there's also a lot of names that won the Intercontinental Belt that never won the world title. They were like, oh, man, that would have been awesome. Like, Razor and fucking Owen Wright and... Did Owen ever win the? He won the IC belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because he Stone Cold won it from him. Whenever he fucking dropped him on his head. Um, that was brutal looking. But there was a you know there's just a huge list of great you know uh, I don't know if the British Bulldog I'm trying to think but there was a lot of guys with real credibility that held that belt too you know. Yeah. Um, oh, the Intercontinental title used to be, for it, sure, it was the stepping stone. Usually, you're being groomed for either to be a, to become a main event player or to be world champion. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, pretty much always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you were you were up, you were being. It was a prominent match on the card usually too, when mm-hmm. that was like a title defense at a pay-per-view and stuff then it was like for a while it was like on the kickoff show and shit it's like it's it's a belt to see if you can be a credible champion you know what i mean like in if you could be a credible champion and you're you get over as fuck obviously then you could potentially be a credible you know, world champion like face yeah. of the fucking company and everything yeah, like all this talk tonight too makes me want to go back and watch like a lot of. The, I don't even know what era to watch because I'm like, man, I kind of want to watch some of Kane's, his like run that you were talking about too. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what I'd watch though. Or like if there's any. Some yeah. 2010 like, didn't have the greatest pay per views, is for sure. Yeah, not. I mean, they had some good matches on some of the pay per views, mm-hmm. but all in all, it wasn't the best. Like. Yeah, Smack Kane and Taker. The PG era. Kane and Taker had some decent matches. Punk and Ray. Cena and Batista. Obviously, Sean and Taker had their had Sean's retirement match yeah. in yeah, twenty six. Yeah, there was still some good stuff, but there was some rough stuff. I, I think WrestleMania 26 might have been better than 27, though, still. So. Oh, yeah. I definitely think 27 was worse than yeah, maybe oh, yeah. all the 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was, for sure. As far as the card overall, it most certainly was. Yeah. What do you got for me? Um, 
Alright, how about this? Go in a different direction. I remember bringing this up a long time ago about toilet paper, but it was about the over-under thing. This, this is about the fact of places, stores, you know, whatever the fuck, like public restrooms having low-quality toilet paper. <laughs> is that overrated, <laughs> underrated, or, like, how hard is it to put some decent shit in there? You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, they get the industrial size rolls, and those yeah. things are like one ply. But oh, the, it's like a half ply. They're the cheapest to buy. It's like ten atoms stacked on top. Because of they those. can, <laughs> because they come in rolls that are ginormous. I know. So like, that you can put so much paper on that son of a bitch. It's like sandpaper. I mean, just roll out a lot of it, you know? I, yeah, I do. I mean, the people that complain about it, it's like, <laughs> whatever. Roll out a lot of it. I guess you can fucking... It's not your... T- you're not buying it. No. You are just just roll out as much as you need. You can, but also <laughs> just fucking... You can it stack it on top of each other. <laughs> just don't, don't scrape in there. <laughs> you just gotta swipe it out, you know? <laughs> You clean it up. <laughs> you don't gotta <laughs> screw up till it bleeds. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know, man. I I'm not saying that I would ever want that in my like home or if I saw it in somebody's home I'd be like, oh man, come on. Oh yeah. Well that's why I chose But I get why it's public places. Yeah. Oh no, I know, because they're cheap fucks. Cause it's yeah, it's easy when you have it's like 80 people this going place there, has right? Charmin. I see you got the rough stuff back there. Well, yeah, it has Charmin, but they're going to be fucking <sighs> spending money out the ass on toilet paper if they got to keep putting Charmin mini rolls in the fucking bathroom <laughs> all day. What mini rolls? That's bullshit. It'd be, it's, real, it'll be mini. If you got 80 people using the bathroom every day, they'll be going through that shit every two hours. Oh, yeah. But if you got an industrial roll in there, that shit might last a few days. You don't got to worry about changing as often. I get why. I just think, you know, there's more respectable ways to encourage somebody to wipe their ass. I mean, yeah. It's definitely not the best. But I'm not real pretentious about my ass wiping. I'm just like, you know, I had the shit... I gotta wipe my ass now. <laughs> I'm not like, it's not, I don't want it to be an indulgent experience when I'm wiping my ass anyways. I just want it to be over. So it's, it don't really matter to me at the end of the day that much. Because I'm just like, man, it's toilet paper. Yeah. It's almost all, it's almost always low quality though. But sometimes you go into somebody's place, you know, and they do have some decent shit in there. Yeah, the more upscale places probably don't. Settle for that one ply. Dude, but these are corporations and they have the shittiest shit. Oh, yeah. They can afford it and they're like, ah, what's the toilet paper budget? Yeah, but they got a million stores. So it's, it's like, like 20 bucks for like three months. <laughs> and so that's what they buy. They probably ship out truckloads of just toilet paper and paper products. Toiletries. Drop them off at all the locations. Just... Boxes of fat ass rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> so what are you thinking? I think the hate, a little overrated. 
<laughs> the hate. I don't think so. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> but who gives a damn? You you wiping your ass. <laughs> you know. I wish I didn't have the shit and clean it up when you get home. Yeah, me too. You know. But like, I whatever I do, I know. But it's like at work, I'm on a route a lot of the day. Sometimes I gotta stop in at a gas station. So you never go to a Johnny. No. Well, I mean, I have in a neighborhood before, I ain't going to lie. That's yeah. Because there was construction going on in the neighborhood and I had to pee. I was just yeah. like, I'm going to hop off right here and run in the Johnny on the spot. Everybody's been in one. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody's had to go in one at some point in their life. But, like, music festivals, that's one of the nastiest Johnny on the spots. You have people on drugs in there just fucking shitting themselves and tossing the underwear in there and shit. Every now and then somebody pushes it over and fucking you get shit all over you. <laughs> oh, ah. I'm so glad that's never happened. <laughs> oh, I can't. Fucking crazy nights. <laughs> and Jackass 3 when they just uh. shot Steve-O up in a slingshot. Oh, God. And he was just sitting on the porta potty And it was like filled with shit. <laughs> just launched him in the air whenever fucking Jesse like climbed the fence to get into the uh, where the where they were storing the RV at Breaking Bad and he like got on top of the porta potty but then he crashed through it and he had that blue shit all over his yeah arms and legs and body <laughs> I'd rather that shit at least than shit yeah yeah oh no you can die man from getting from, what the fuck, dysentery or some yeah. nasty shit? Dude, there's some weirdos out there, though, that, like... I've heard... I heard a story about a fucking dude... People are gonna be like, this whole segment's about shit. I heard a story, though, about a dude that would hide in the Johnny on the spot. Because he... It was, like, a fetish of his to get, like, pissed and shit on. Oh so he'd just God. hide in there and have random strangers piss and shit on him. People pay for that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> They're wild bastards. Everybody's got their thing, I guess. I don't know. I don't know about a piss and shit thing, but everybody's got their thing, so... Who can say? It is weird, though. On your mom's house, I'm pretty sure, before, they showed, like, this disgusting segment where this dude... They show a lot of weirdos on that show. Not to disparage anybody and call him a weirdo, but they show a lot of out there people, to say the least. And they showed a dude in like an all latex spandex suit swimming in a pool of shit. And he's like thoroughly enjoying himself. He's pretty got He's in latex and shit? He was just in a pool of shit. Like in a latex zip up, like a, like the Gimp in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the weirdest things. Like, sometimes, that's why your mom's house, it's funny. I thoroughly enjoy Tom and Christina. They're both funny. But, man, sometimes some stuff on that show, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to be seeing this right now. It is 7 in the morning. <laughs> oh, oh, look. Yeah. They're like, oh, check this out. It's like, what? They do that, like, to their guests, too. Like, if they got a comedian guest coming on, they just, mm. Tom wants to fuck with them, so we'll be like, oh, watch this shit. 
That'll be some like fucked up video. Yeah, but that's my that's my uh, opinion on the toilet paper thing. <laughs> I guess you can look at it different ways, like uh, in terms because you said the hate on it. I do. Yeah. I just said the overall. I just the said overall having the, toilet paper terrible. It's I just said great. yeah. I just said the yeah or the having low quality toilet paper in public restrooms. I mean, if they could find a way to make high quality toilet paper. And an industrial sized roll. I don't know what high what is high quality though, you know? Like what is soft, three ply, two ply, whatever. You think? I think that Charmin's only Ridges. two ply, isn't it? Yeah. I swear Probably that bullshit ply. sandpaper's half ply, man. It's nothing. Yeah, it might be. It's one step away from fucking leaves from last season. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I mean if you do get a single layer of it, you're not getting anything up, that's for sure. No. Or you're, you're going to be getting, touching it. You're going to get shit all over your hand. <laughs> That's what you're going to get. <laughs> but yeah, if they could get an industrial-sized roll of high-quality toilet paper, that'd be better. Yeah. But for now, I guess the easiest way to package it is make the toilet paper thin as fuck. That way you can make it But it's hard fuck. to even unwrap that thing oh, without... Yeah. You're, like, digging layers deep because you can't find the actual end. Yeah. So I'm like... Yeah, it's not the best. The overall toilet paper, I'll say, is I don't think anybody likes it, so I don't know if I can necessarily say it's overrated. <laughs> anybody likes it? Yeah, yeah. It's like if that's if you're bragging about that, then you must have had nothing before. <laughs> you must have just wiped your ass on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All right, what do we got up next? So at the Cardinals game yesterday, and yeah, I, I saw uh, our record. You know, we're like four, we were forty-one and fifty-three, Ooh. but we won. We're like we won seven of our last nine or something. And but you know, St. Louis fans, it's like as a Cardinals fan and stuff. Growing up and around here for a long while, we were just consistently good. So everybody had a lot to get behind and cheer for mm-hmm. all the time. And I know it was like a, you know, a Tuesday night or whatever, but the stands seemed like pretty damn empty. Like there was still a lot of people there, don't get me wrong, but like looking at the upper sections and stuff, it was like, damn, there's a lot of empty shit up in here. And it seemed like Bush Stadium, they used to pack that shit out all the time when we were doing good. Mm -hmm. So it got me thinking like fair weather fans, which just means like people that are like, I love these teams. But then... When shit goes bad, they're just like, I don't really care about this anymore. Mm -hmm. Is it justified or is it ridiculous? Like, I think, I mean, you could be a fan of of whatever I guess you want to or whatever team, but I don't think it's, like, it is inconsistent if you're just, like, instantly abandoning, you know, teams if they're, if they start doing bad or whatever. But it's another thing is, like, if I'm paying attention to certain NFL teams or whatever, or um, it's another thing if I'm acting like I'm all about them and I'm like buying all kinds of shit for them, but then instantly, like the next few seasons, if they do start doing shitty, then I'm like, oh man, I fucking don't like them, <laughs> I, you know. But it's like 
it's another thing if I'm just watching and I'm like, oh man, I'm pretty into this team or I like this team, you know, whatever. But I feel like there's kind of different levels to it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I'm not, I don't. Here's what I still will say, even though there are multiple teams, like especially let's say in the NFL, because obviously we love the Cardinals and they're my favorite baseball team. That's a given. But like in the NFL, it's it's kind of like uh, there's no franchise that I'm like necessarily a die hard for. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah several, and I really like the Packers and everything too. But I have just a lot of respect for the history of the franchise. You know what I mean? But I'm not necessarily like, and I'll still watch them, pay attention to them. I don't think they're going to be as good now. We'll see. But it's going to be tough. I'm not saying they didn't make the right move or whatever, because at a certain point, if they if they were kind of toxic to each other, it just was probably the right move to make or whatever. Not even necessarily that, but it's just the, you know, it seemed like it was the end of the road for yeah. the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay relationship. They need to get some receivers and help in the offense, though, around mm-hmm. love, if that's who they're going with. But here's the thing. I like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm not magically going to say, oh, man, I fucking love the Jets. But, like, I really hope that he goes to that franchise and he succeeds there. The Jets showed a lot of potential so, last year. So. so, I will pay attention to the Jets. Like, I will, you know, I, I'm willing to... To like them and to like... I've never not liked the Jets. They've no. always been an underdog, so I've always kind of cheered for them. Mm-hmm. They're not like one of my teams, but like I've always... I would become a fan like, of them oh, before the Jets. Same with the Lions. Like the Lions In and New the Jets York. both. I like the Giants. Decently. I don't I don't hate the Giants, I'm just saying. But that's the thing, as a Cowboys fan, I can't really like the Giants. My teams, though, like I can't shit on a lot of... Think like a lot of teams because the teams that I've liked since I was like a kid, they've consistently not been great. Out of the four teams that I've supported the most, only one of them has made a Super Bowl since I've been watching football. And they lost. <laughs> the Cowboys, Panthers, Dolphins, Browns, like those four teams have always been the teams that I've like two in the NFC, two in the AFC, but like Yeah, the Panthers are the only one, surprisingly, out of those four teams, the Panthers, when they had Cam those mm-hmm. first couple of years. And everybody thought he was gonna be the man. Man, he was those first yeah, couple of years. He was. Shit was on. He was one of the quickest players to just go from on top to declined. It was like, man, what the fuck's going on? Out of nowhere. We had that injury or something, right? Didn't something happen to him where he missed like a season? And yeah, and then did he try to come back like last year or something? I think he was just talking about out. it or something. I don't. Know I thought it just. I thought not long ago he was like it was just there and. He tried working it out, and he was just not good anymore. He was in, uh, what, New England for like a year? He was their quarterback for like a year, or part of a year. Yeah, I don't know if that was, bo- that mm-hmm. had to be before the Mac Jones era. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I thought that he, like if somebody hired him last year and he played for a little bit. I don't know. I can't remember. If he did, it obviously wasn't great, because we don't remember it at all. Yeah. But yeah, I've always kind of, 
football, I guess, is the one I've definitely kept up with the most a lot of recent history. I've always liked baseball, but it's been way harder to keep up with it recent history. So I'll just stick with, yeah, like, with my football teams, though, they've been teams that I've liked for a long time. So at this point, it's like, hey, man, if they ever win, nobody can say that I hopped on this shit mm. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and they're like, I've been here fucking since I was like eight years old, goddammit. Yeah. So, can't just be like, oh, so they're in the playoffs. Who's your number team? one team going into this year out of all those teams? Who are you like? Oh, well, see, man. I'm going to support... All those teams every year, pretty much the same. But I tend to follow the Cowboys some of the hardest. The Cowboys, Browns, Panthers, Dolphins. Yeah, probably. I tend to follow the Cowboys almost the most sometimes because I get to see most of their games. That's what I mean. They should have an NFL like Sunday ticket thing. That's like a streaming service app where you can just select any game you want to watch at any time. But they do that blackout shit to where they try to maintain one rating and shit. and So where you can't watch the local game, but you can watch like other games. It's like... Yeah. That's kind of dumb. Like, why, how can they not just fix that to where... I guess it would fuck over networks and shit. Yeah, that. well, but because it's, it's like, supposed to be on your local shit. Man... You know how well that would do because sports fans sometimes don't get to always see their teams. It's like everybody would that was into a certain sport would download the app for that sport to be able to watch whatever game they like. You know what's say crazy? noon on Sunday, you could pick any of the noon games. It doesn't even seem like there's a way to see all of them if you wanted to. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. Like, there might be some way, but it's just like it's it doesn't seem feasible just to do that. It's like, all right, you get to watch these games, but. If you're not in fucking, it's like you're never going to see a Chargers game unless you see fucking, you know, there's certain teams like you don't even feel like you see by watching like local channel games during the year. Yeah, it depends. Some, well, that's the thing. Some teams, the teams that probably have the, a lot of the highest budgets and different, like, attention on the sport because of the team and all the different stuff, like, they tend to get more primetime spots. Mm-hmm. People that. The teams that are filtering the most money into the NFL are going to get the prime. It's a business, you know? Mm-hmm. They're going to be thrown into all the primetime situations. I know they always put like a. They always lay out like a few massive games for like Thursdays and like some of the Monday games. And then yeah, like, last year Thursday night football kind of blew. Yeah. There's a bunch of games you're like, it's, why do I but, care about this? Once football comes back, though, you get pumped for all the games, even if some of them don't look that good. Like, but then. Stuff starts to weed itself out because then the season's like, oh man, oh the Lions are going eleven. This is looking good. Not yeah. to take a shot at the Lions. Yeah, they've been the decent. Yeah, the past couple of years, they showed potential last year mm-hmm. for sure. Did, who do they have? Golf still. Yeah. See if he can do it. Wouldn't that be nuts? He goes there and does it. Sticks it to the. Just Rams. nobody expected him to to do that. Yeah, the Rams, man, they could be in trouble. That's another team. What the fuck are they going to do? Well, they sold their soul away for fucking a Super Bowl championship. <laughs> it worked. It did. But at what cost? Ha-ha, Stan Kroenke takes some fucking losses. 
<laughs> Are they going to be in, uh, in a shitty spot for the next 10 years, you know? For the next few years? Good. That's like, remember Kyle was saying that. He's like, I just, ever since Stan Kroenke took the team and <laughs> basically said, fuck this city, he's like, can't support him anymore. I hope the Rams get beat by everybody every week. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh yeah, a lot of people fell on like one side of the spectrum or the other. Kyle, he's he was he was one of the bitter ones. <laughs> but they went to games. Him and Aaron and fucking yeah. uh, Corey, you know, like a lot of them. I mean, yeah, I kind of felt that way when they first left because I was a big football fan. I was mm-hmm. like, you just took the football team out of the city. And it was a professional. I know that's like, yeah. Hey, at least we got an XFL team. That's cool. Yeah, but it's not an NFL team, you know? I know. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but a lot of other places don't have any XFL teams. Yeah. Well, see, and we supported our team the most because we don't have an NFL team. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would still work, though, because the seasons don't intertwine. Yeah. So people would still show Bring up. us the Chargers, man. Los Angeles don't give a fuck about them anyways. And give us a team to cheer for. No. Los Angeles don't give a damn about a lot of their teams. No. They have too many teams. And too much to do in that city to care about their teams. It's like... Just because you got all the money out there, nobody gives a fuck about sports out there. (laughs) No. Bring some shit out here. You think LeBron's going to take another one home before it's all said and done? And I mean, that's obviously a generalization. Obviously, people in Los Angeles, some people are big sports fans. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are a huge team, for example. Yeah. I don't know if LeBron will get it done at this point, man. He didn't do, uh, they got their asses whooped in the freaking. It's seeming a little, uh, like his career, not even that he's not still putting up great numbers, but it seems like his career is kind of on the slow kind of end to the run. I don't think he's he's at the point where he can fucking do that shit himself. Yeah, he's kind of like... If you have a team that's solid overall, like this LeBron, like he's still great, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be able to beat him. Like in the old days where he used to just ball hard as fuck and like he would beat teams. Like he carried that Cavaliers team to the fucking playoffs all the time. Carried him to the freaking NBA Finals in a title. Like... So like... But I don't think he I mean, can they do that yeah, help you out like Kevin I don't think he can do stuff, that but. anymore against a team that's sound overall. Like, he's... Because he's getting older, and it's like, he can't do that by himself. He's got to have... Yeah, I mean, he's always had... That's the thing. Remember that his Heat team was, like, stacked yeah. and shit. Mm. I just mean he's got to have at least one other star or, two, you know, somebody that's... I don't think he can carry it. Well, the Lakers were, they had a lot of stars last year. Mm-hmm. They had Anthony Davis. They yeah. had Russell Westbrook. Like, and they, every, nothing clicked. Like, it was just. Where's Westbrook now? Isn't he somewhere else? I don't even know what happened to him. He's another one that's, he's an interesting dude. So your question is what? Fairweather fans. Oh, uh, so just essentially hopping on the bandwagon for the success and hopping off for whenever they're facing, like, uh, 
Yeah. Westbrook's a clipper. Still in okay. LA. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So basically you kinda like a bandwagoner, I guess. Is it a justified thing in sports? At least it's at gonna least happen. It's somebody invested, or it's is it happen. annoying and here's, here's the thing that I find though is like because even though you have your teams you like, it's sometimes something just really interesting is going on with another team that you like can't help but pay attention to. Oh, yeah. So it's almost just like man, like I find this story or whatever fascinating or more fascinating than what's you know whatever's going on over here. So like I start paying attention to that or whatever and like you know whenever we play fantasy it's hard not to get like lost in like oh you know you're really breaking things down and see like, you're paying attention to certain players and shit um so I mean I don't think it's any shock that it happens and I try not to be like that you know overall like cause I never present you know um for like the NFL or like you know cause I like the Bucks and I like the Packers and whatnot. Obviously, they're going to be much different teams this year. Um, but, like, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. I don't also, I'm not, like, as diehard about, you know, I don't live and die on my hill for certain teams. And that's part of the reason is because I, I watched it kind of growing up, but not like you did or not, not necessarily getting attached to a certain team. So, like, I don't have that to carry with me. Yeah. Whenever I'm watching, like I still love a lot of teams, but I, I, you know, I got really into football later than a lot of people because I was always into baseball. I was a little bit into some of the other stuff, um, but I've been in football extensively for quite a long time now, but close to ten years. But I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's bound to happen. But I don't know, I mean, it's still probably overrated just because people love to hang around for the success and, you know. Yeah, it's people with literally anything. People love to, people love to say, oh, or the, you know, they love to say, hey, and that, you know, congratulations, (laughs) when were they there for the fucking hard times and the hard moments and the rough stuff, you know. And that, in that sense, it's kind of like, hmm, you're kind of full of shit. So, I mean, I would most certainly say they're overrated. But it's not a shock to me that it happens, and it's going to happen every year. It's always going to happen, because people are like... Because, like, the same as people that don't give a rat's ass about sports, but their boyfriend or their girl or whoever, and, like, they suddenly act like they're all about it. It's like, you don't know what the fuck. Um, But, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... There's times where it'll annoy me, I guess, because I've always had the teams that I've kind of liked and the sports that I've supported, mm-hmm. but that's just because I've been different about the way I like to follow sports. Like, I just like to have a team mm-hmm. that I am loyal to and get behind and be like, all right, win or loss, I got to stick with these guys, you know? It's just, but... I mean, I get it, and at the end, I can't get too mad at it at the end of the day, because at least somebody's paying attention to the sport, you know? But overall, the Cowboys are your A team, and the Browns are your B team, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And what about the Dolphins and Panthers? Probably are they Pan- about, probably are they Panthers, about Dolphins, Dolphins okay. maybe. 
but it's pretty close. I mean, they're all like up there, but the Browns. So are they? They still got Deshaun, and that's who their quarterback is this whole year. <laughs> yep. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? There's some fat contracts signed right now. Yeah. Lots of them. For the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is the man to beat right now. Oh, yeah. So, we're going in with that. He's got that. He's a baller contract, too. Like, his contract with the Chiefs, it's it's a long-ass deal, but it was a fat-ass contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably say a little overrated, though, as well. Yeah. I think so. What's your uh, third one here? My last one. We're going to go food for old 96. 1996, the year we were both born. Speaking of which, obviously we've had a lot of birthdays. What do you think of birthday cake? Overrated, underrated, or fair? Like, just talking like the traditional birthday cake, like you're at a party for a kid and they bring out just a cake. Yeah. Typical icing and... I guess the, maybe the tradition of it, I mean, not necessarily cake and your feelings about cake, but like, yeah, I mean, I guess, because also it's, you're getting it, so you don't want it to be shitty. I actually really like cake. Mm-hmm. But sometimes birthday cake really hits where you're like, damn, this is a good slice of cake. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, this icing is sweet as fuck and this is too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when it's just that like brick of sugar fucking icing on top that's just like thick as fuck. I think I appreciate it. It's like it. as much icing as cake. I'm like, ah, I'd rather have more cake. I think I appreciate it whenever somebody has just a nice, like a really good cake too because I don't eat it often. I mean, I guess we snack yeah. on other shit like that, like just the Hostess or like Little Debbie type shit, but like it's not necessarily the same because those are like dry grocery packages. Little snack ones. Like cakes, yeah. Cakes that are made for your birthday are like pretty fresh and everything. And fucking... Yeah, like bakery cakes. Yeah. Like. When they're... When they are super good, it's really... If really you get them nice. from like a bakery, like MacArthur's Bakery, mm-hmm. fire cakes. So good. But like... Yeah, it can be hit or miss if you get, like, a birthday cake at, like, Walmart, you know? It's, like, one of the best cakes I ever got. Like, I told you, my mom got that, uh, somehow had, like, had like a coupon for, like, a free cake from, like, Sam's Club or something. And I'm Which telling is another you, hit or this miss was a plain-as-fuck cake, man. It was, like, primary colors and, like, white icing and shit. It was, like, a... It was like a, I don't even know what the inside cake was, if it was chocolate, or maybe it was half vanilla, half chocolate, but the outside was just blue, and blue, red, and like yellow icing and different stuff. It was kind of like a happy birthday cake without any writing on it, but it was very standard looking on the outside, but this cake, man, this was one of the best I ever fucking had. So, so good. It was plain as fuck, but it was super good. Like, whatever icing, whatever shit that they used, uh, it was one of the best ones I probably had. And it was just nothing. It wasn't for anything. It was fucking just, just, a, just a cake that she got for free. <laughs> yeah, and I ate, like, most of it. Yeah, that's it's a good occasional thing for sure. Like, if I get mm-hmm. offered a piece of cake and I'm at, like, my nephew's birthday party or some shit, I'm like, oh, yeah. Because I don't eat it much. I'm not... 
going out and buying cake a lot. I feel like I actually probably buy slices of pie a lot more. Like I'll get like a chocolate cream like pie or like a key lime pie or you know those little like Edward slices at the store? Yeah. Just like single slices of pie. Oh, like the small like little. Yeah. I'll get those sometimes. Oh, those so are honestly good. I'll pie a lot more than cake. If they serve cake like that in a little single slice, I might get cake sometimes. Overall, though, I think it gets a bad rap. I think nowadays a lot of people shit on birthday cake. I think so, too. Like, the to birthday be cake, because every time a birthday cake flavoring's out, they're like, oh, it's nasty. I like birthday cake flavor. It's not cotton candy. Like, out of sweet flavors, I like cotton candy flavor more. Because I love cotton candy. Some of the artificial birthday cake, I love. I love birthday cake. I do but like some, some of the artificial. artificial birthday cake is not good. Some, there, of, some not of the good. like shakes and stuff though, like the birthday cake yeah. shake from. Did you Steak try shake? the not fucking bad. grimace one? No. I haven't either. I kind of want you. I it's his birthday. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's been his birthday for fucking a month and a half. So. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> they say that and like, it's like, where's he been? Yeah. Now it's his birthday all of a sudden. <laughs> That's Yo, McDonald's, for like 16 right? of them. Where the fuck is Ronald's anything? Yeah. What the fuck? It's kind of weird. I guess it was the reason to have a purple shake. Like, it's Grimace's birthday. That's ridiculous. I might have to go get one. <laughs> 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 but yeah, honestly, I like birthday cake, and I think it kind of gets shit on modern day. People's like, oh, let's just get a, some cupcakes. Let's get an ice cream yeah. cake. Let's All that stuff's good. People shit on the artificial birthday cake. Some of that stuff sucks. Some of it's good. I'm going to say birthday cake overall is a little underrated. I think the cake is good, yeah. Probably, because it did eventually. They're like, oh, I want that. I want pie. Or blah, blah, blah. Everybody moved on. from it. Birthday cake was too standard. It was like, ah, fuck birthday cake. It's sweet. It's no good. I want I mean, it's your birthday. This. You can do whatever, but, yeah. like, it's... You know, it's man, it's a but big ass I don't have dessert that feeds a whole party. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have it a lot, so like, it, it's not too bad. Remember that one year, I had like fucking three cakes, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't make all this, <laughs> or I can't eat all. This. Yeah, you were. Eating. <laughs> I was like, Elijah, you gotta eat some of this <laughs> cake, man. Well, always down like, for a good slice. Yeah, can't eat it too much because I mean, it'll get you fat as fuck. Cake for sure, but yeah. I don't know how much fucking you gotta worry about that. Or be- Dude, I I say that, but eventually I'm gonna have to. I can't just continue my eating habits of just no. eating all this fucking junk. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty good some days. Some days I really am, and then some days I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna go off the rails and eat all this bullshit. It's my it's my vice. Some days, you know, it's a nice escape. Like, ah, oh, this tastes damn good. Oh yeah, keep eating it. What do you got last for your third and final topic? I don't think we've done this yet. It's maybe we have. Damn it, I don't know. It's on the kind of a uh, realm of uh, food still. But what do you think of like toffee, like toffee flavoring, toffee candy, like toffee? <laughs> 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 toffee. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of like, almost like a, I mean, I don't want to say like coffee. Like those bits. Flavored, but like, like it kind of is, isn't it? In 
like in a way, in a way, maybe not. They're, yeah, they're like, they're almost like it says caramelized sugar, molasses, and butter. So it's sort of like a caramel butterscotch thing. Yeah, I know we've. I think we've done butterscotch, right? I think you did that one. Maybe. Because originally I was thinking of butterscotch. Because they're kind of along the same vein a little bit. Yeah. I think I like toffee better than butterscotch. Yeah, butterscotch I've never got. Yeah. The toffee's not bad. I mean, it, like, I would clamor for a lot of other... And, and see, I don't... And you like candy more than I do. I don't dislike candy, but I'll eat a lot of candy around Halloween and, like, that whole time. But I don't really... I just like sweets. I'm bad about it, man. Yeah. I like certain ones, but I can't even always go to the store and do it because I'm like, if I buy all this shit, I'll... I'll yeah, I limit myself to like one sweet thing a week at the store. I'm like, I'll get a snack cake thing or I'll get a bag of candy or something, but I'm not getting like all of it. Go like a thing of donuts or a thing of snack cakes or a bag of candy. But only one. Try to limit myself a lot more nowadays. I can only get one like junk, yeah. like sweet Honestly, item that's at the about... store a week. I get, I only try to drink one soda a day, like because I, I'll go off the rails with sweet shit just because it's like. See, the thing I afford myself the most if I do is like drinking soda because I don't really eat that much other sweet. Not that I eat the healthiest all the time, but I don't eat a whole lot of like complete nonsense and like sugar bullshit like i don't eat you know what i'm saying like yeah. if i get donuts i'll get the donuts or if i get like a tub of ice cream that'll last a few days maybe i'll do that but yeah it's never like there's a bunch of it in there at once like it's always like you know one or two things like once in a while i'll get real a real chocolate cra- like a chocolate craving though and i'll have to get a bunch of shit because i'll just be like oh my god I can't stand it, and I can't fight the urge now and then, so. Yeah, I get different cravings with candy. Sometimes it's sour, sometimes it's, like, sweet gummy stuff, and sometimes it's chocolate. Just depends on the week and the mood. And sometimes I don't want candy. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? Because I love donuts, too, so fucking much. Literally, all the sweet shit is my weakness, I feel like. I'm like... I'm definitely a fat man at heart. He's just screaming inside me, dying to burst out. It's like, please! Let me out! Let me be fat! Oh, yeah. Just this little fat guy squealing at me all the time. Always pumped, always pumped over a sweet item. That's why I gotta... I'm like an addict with it, you know? I gotta really, uh... Limit my intake... <laughs> otherwise Dude, something will happen to me I'll, I think uh, those donut sticks are criminally underrated honestly any donut product <laughs> like I, I don't know about that because a lot of people li- like like them so I don't know if I would say they're like but those sticks that are like the little Debbie ones they're great to dunk in milk are too. really good yeah that's you but I think those because normally people the ones people like are the act, like actual donuts from Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, like, even the Hostess ones... Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' Donuts. Even the Hostess yeah. ones in the bag, I see a lot of people like... People like those. Oh, they are great. The Whether it's the powdered chocolate. The Intamins ones are good. Even the Dude, Walmart... The Intamins ones are pretty good quality, honestly. Intamins are, like... I got maybe my favorite, like, store-bought donuts. Yeah. I, well, I was saying that the other day. I'm like, it sounded so good. Like, I was getting... 
like any other day, I would have like stayed later or whatever too. But that day, I was scheduled pretty early off, and you know the truck didn't even come or whatever. And I was just like, I was just like, oh man. I was like, I'm gonna go back home and go to sleep for a while. I'm like, I bought some like those donut holes, got some coffee stuff, and I was like, oh man. I'm like, I'm just gonna freaking pig out and go to sleep, <laughs> drink some coffee and go to sleep. Sign of a true fucking caffeine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't always hit me the way it hits all you guys. I mean, it doesn't really hit me that way. I mean, it'll wake me up in the morning if I'm, like, first getting up and I crack an energy drink for, like, work. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of the same way where I can drink, like, a soda and a cup of coffee and go to bed within an hour. I think it's because I've had it my whole life. So since I've had it my whole life, I'm not as, uh, inclined, uh, for it to affect me the way that it affects people that don't have it as much. Because I pretty much have caffeine, no joke, on the daily. Oh, yeah. So I don't get as affected by it. It's good. I still enjoy it. See, that's the thing. I don't know if I enjoy caffeine anymore if I just am reliant on it. And I'll get crazy head and neck pains if I don't drink it. I think that's honestly more what's actually the case. I just think I'm so reliant on caffeine at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, Because I, I can go to sleep right off caffeine. It doesn't like affect me like I'm like, ooh, I'm up. Yeah. It's just kind of well, like it... And if it does, it, it needs levels to be, me into the day. It, yeah, it <sighs> needs to be an excessive amount at once for it to lift you up. And not any of those caffeine shots that send you to the fucking hospital from the yeah. gas station. Well, espresso, you know, whenever they put espresso in, so that does help because it just, it kind of shakes you into, you're like, whoa. You know, you fucking feel awake. Yeah. But, uh, oh my gosh. Wait, so what was your initial? Or what was yours? Toffees. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but see, I I don't know, butterscotch, I definitely like toffee. Because it reminds me of that. Like, it's like that, not like coffee, but it's got that kind of, uh, you know, not that, you know, obviously not quite chocolate taste, but like kind of what you said, the buttery, you know, it's kind of a little bit like that in a way, but it's not that. But yeah, I kind of like that flavor more than but like butterscotch and shit. But I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of old people that like that kind of shit. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't see it really taking the place of a lot of the. Candy I like the like strawberry that like. shits that mm-hmm. the old people have a lot, like the little strawberry like hard candies. Oh from yeah. the soft center. Those are so about. good. That's probably the best like quote unquote old person candy. It's better than the butterscotch. Better than the toffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, those little mints, I really like the ice, the ice saver or whatever the fuck ones. I like ice saver. The, yeah, those are good. The green ones. Those Bob's Sweet Stripes, the soft peppermint candies. Mm-hmm. I love those sons of bitches too. I could eat a fucking tub of those things like a week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably say fair. Fair on it. Yeah, it's not. By any means, one of my top candies. But if it's around and somebody offers me one, I might pop one. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure nobody's looking. (laughs) They are good to chew on for a minute because that molasses, you know, it's chewy. Kind of like bit of honey. You just just sit there and chew the shit. 
<clears throat> bit of honey's good too for being just like a piece of molasses and honey. My my favorite like sweet candies, I would say those sweet tarts, chews, man, those are for sure up there. Sour yeah. Patch Kids with the blue ones. Uh, mm. I mean, those are probably two of the top. Now, like that's like non chocolate candy, but. Yeah, I love pretzel M&M's, peanut M&M's, Skittles. Yeah. Chocolate-wise, Those man, are probably my top two sweet ones, though, like for candy, I would the say. The mini chewy sweet tarts are fucking good, yeah, too. Yeah, those are way up there, too. That might be number three. Sour Skittles are really fucking good, but they'll, like, tear your mouth apart if you eat too many of them at once. And that's the problem with those things. I'll be fucking sweating into my eyes and still be eating. I like the tropical Starburst a lot too. The tropical pack, the, like the light oh, blue yeah, one. Yeah, that one's. I mean, the regular Starburst are good, of course, too. But. The Fave Reds. That's always a fucking damn yeah. good. Pack. Oh, because the Berry Punch one's the <laughs> yeah. best. That one's so good. Yeah, that's a. The that's one of the packs of candy I think we're like. The other variations of it are better than the original, like Starburst. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think I would fight for, especially like, like orange and, and yellow are good. They're okay. They're, they're not I mean, as they're, good as pink and red. They're good. It goes red. This is my order. Pink. And see, and I, I was kind of troubled to even deciding between fucking orange and yellow, to be honest. I but I'd probably say I'd orange. orange yeah, yeah, I'd probably go. I'd probably go red, pink, orange, yellow. Yeah, yellow's definitely last for me. Is that the order you'd say? Yeah, yeah. But the even the pina colada one in the tropical one's pretty good. But the it goes berry punch. I forget what the other flavors are there, to be honest. Yeah, pina colada's in there one. too. There's like a strawberry something one, I thought. Strawberry banana one. That's number two, actually. Yeah, I always think of smoothies when I think of those strawberry banana flavor. For mm-hmm. some reason. It's most associated with that, I guess. Yeah. Well, shit. About that time. It is. Great it is about that time. Yeah. Episode number 96. Can you believe we fucking made it this far? Yeah, no. It's crazy because yeah. we're going to be closing in on like our the end of our double digit run. And we've been in it for a lot, like for like almost our entire existence. Oh, yeah. The moment we first had our first guest on, we were set in that. And now we've been in that for years. Yeah, that seems like forever ago that that happened. No? I know. But we've been plugging away like this is our 29th episode of the year. Getting through this year. We're hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking by us. And thanks for all the new listeners, all the new supporters. Everything yeah. matters to us. Every That's like, awesome. share, follow. It actually is exciting to see. Yeah. New oh, people yeah. tuning in all the time. It's like, oh, this one's picking up some traction. We got a lot of views on this. Oh, yeah. And we got some bigger episodes coming up, too, by the way. So it's, It is all really appreciated. Oh, yeah. Everybody hopefully stays tuned in because oh, they we've got it fucking under lock and key right now. A lot of big shit coming up. A lot of big guests on. A lot of big episodes. 
It'll be fun. So, all righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves out there. Hope you have a great week. Stay productive. Stay uh, afloat. Roll with the punches. This life's not always easy, but a lot of things we go through are necessary to eclipsing to that next level, you know? Unfortunately. And uh, don't doubt yourself. You're capable of a lot more than you think. So True that. Amen. Take it easy out there, everybody. Have a great week.